Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards, and I'm still trying to decide which one of us is supporting the other one. Oh, I see. So you think one of us is the is the lead and one of us is the supporting character here? Well, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that's not the case, but if that is the case, I'm hoping that maybe one of the ones that's the supporting character isn't the one with the British accent. <laughs> but I'm not going to name names. <laughs> that's, you know, it's very, very, I think, very PC of you not to name names. And that, that was nicely yeah. said because I have no idea who you're talking about. No, no, that's, that's what I was working at, Mike. If it makes you feel any better, Phil, I, do, I like to think of this show as an, as an equal partnership. So we can do that thing where we do one person's name on the left of the, of the poster, but the other person's name on the right, but higher up on the poster. So oh, that way okay. yeah. they're like equal billing because it's kind of like, well, the one on the left is first, but the one that's higher is first. So they're they're equal. There's no first. That that makes sense. And if you want to keep thinking that we are equal, Mike, <laughs> we'll go with that. That works for me. All right. Believe what I got to get me through the night, Phil. That's what I always say. <laughs> Okay, well, Captain, what's going on in this episode? Yes, so today's episode, we are doing our top five supporting characters, in case you hadn't kind of already figured that out from our weird, somewhat vague, but not entirely vague intro. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit vague. A little bit, but I think... We got there in the end. Yeah, the spirit was there, and that's what what we do. We ramble on, and then we get to the point in the end. That's kind of our thing. Yeah, we get there in the end. Uh, We talk a lot of rubbish, uh, but that makes uh, for some good outtakes. It, it does. And that's, why, and that's why this episode so far isn't really going anywhere. We could <laughs> right. do with a few supporting actors to add a bit of excitement and adventure, you know, and point out the obvious. Yes. But unfortunately, we don't have any supporting characters. This is just a two-lead show. Yeah, so this is another mini episode. It's one of our top five lists, and we are doing our top five supporting characters. You know, characters who are not the main character, but still have a, a you know a sizable to smallish role in the film, but characters who made an impact that we remembered, who made a movie better because they were there and not just focusing on the main character. Yeah, it's well said. And it's this was a hard list to do because there's so many great supporting characters out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this could have been a top 10 or 20 list. Easy for me. Um, yeah. But I did I did narrow it down to five for sure. But it, it was challenging. Yeah, I narrowed it down to five. And this, looking at the ones which didn't make the list, I keep going, well, maybe. <gasps> I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to revisit this list in the future with, uh, you know, uh, top five supporting characters, act two. Yeah, we might do that. All right. But Phil, why don't you kick us off then and give us your number five? Well, well my five is a double whammy. Okay. Because But it's just it's two great actors and two cool roles. Uh, they don't have as much screen time as, as lots of other supporting characters, but uh, this one is the first one is Harvey Keitel as the wolf in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. who just he just smashed into that film and just ultimate cool. Still wearing a dinner jacket from the night before. He'll be there in ten. Right, we know that one. Unfortunately, it's been watered down a bit over here in the UK because he's now he does the same character in this these adverts for a uh, car insurance company, uh, and every time I see them, I go, oh why why? Right. But anyway, he's still cool in Pulp Fiction. And the other one is J.K. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson 
in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Excellent choice. Always love J.K. Simmons. Yeah, because he just nails the character spot on, does such a great job. And I would be more than happy if in the Marvel Studios uh, Spider-Man films, they brought him back to play the character. Yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. But that's my, they're my number five. All right, very good. Well, my number five is a different sort of tie. It's all from one movie, but it's three characters. And they are Hudson, Vasquez, and Drake from Aliens. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron's science fiction masterpiece. Uh, the reason I picked them, obviously Bill Paxton's Hudson is just such a memorable character. But what I really like about them, and the reason I picked them for this list is, this is a movie about Sigourney Weaver for the most part. You know, the first film was about her um, and the aliens. And you have this, this you know, squadron of Marine soldiers who in any other movie with any other director could have easily been cardboard cutout, you know, nameless, faceless, completely yeah, interchangeable yeah. soldiers. You can't tell one from the other. I'm looking at you, Black Hawk Down. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, a valid point. You know, th- movies like that where you're just like, I don't know who anybody is, and then they're all dead, and you're like, what do I care about any of them? And then you get Hudson, Vasquez, and Drake. You know, Hudson is this big, larger-than-life character. Vasquez, Vasquez, who was Jeanette Goldstein and Drake, are this sort of, you know, thunder and lightning. You know, she is a little tough, you know, badass, and he's a giant, big badass with their big guns, and they're kind of like a team, and they're lock and load and all that stuff. And they really made you care about these characters and really get invested in the whole squad and not just Sigourney Weaver so that when their characters, spoiler alert, when their characters do die, there's an impact that you feel rather than just, eh, another nameless soldier bought it. Oh, well. Yeah, it means something, yeah. 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 That's 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 a great choice. I'm glad you got them on there because I was thinking there was a few people in Aliens I was thinking of having, but they didn't quite make my list. Right. Don't forget, though, we didn't actually get any strong female movie characters until Wonder Woman. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, Sigourney Weaver and... Uh, so Jeanette Goldstein and uh, Sigourney Weaver, they... They were probably made up. We finally got strong female characters. Recently. They're they're probably thrilled to see that they, yeah. that we finally got some strong female yeah. characters. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, they're excellent choices. All uh, well done. You could you could have the whole of the uh, the Colonial Marines actually. Right, you could for sure. But apart from that three. one, everybody everybody the one everybody forgets. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. The, the first one. Oh, got. damn! I meant to remember it, but I can't remember. Right. <laughs> Proving my points. Okay, but uh, I'm glad they made the list. Uh, my number four then is from an animated film, a Disney animated film, wow. Mulan. Ah. It is uh, Eddie Murphy's Mushu. Very good choice. Because I just think, well, he steals the show right. all the way through it. He's just, you, you want to see more Mushu. Uh, they're doing a live action version of Mulan as well. I would be made up if Eddie Murphy voiced Mushu and was actually on set just wearing a, a crappy dragon suit. <laughs> right, that would be fun. I, I, I would still think that would work, but really good. But uh, there was a few of them actually looking at, because uh, I was talking with my daughter about it about this list uh-huh. and I'd already been thinking about Mushu but she mentioned it as well it was the first one she went for uh-huh. and then we were thinking about you could have your well I won't mention any more in case some of them crop up in yours because I know you're you're a bigger Disney fan than me right so some of the other characters might crop up but there was a uh, Mushu's the one for me though because it's so funny and it's Eddie Murphy does a great job spoiler alert I didn't put any Disney characters on my list believe it or not Oh, well, that's cool, then, because I was going to think Robin Williams is the genie. Yes, another one. yes, but, uh, exactly. Another great one, which I, I could have made my list if I'd thought of it, to be honest with you. They just yeah. didn't occur to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Many great Disney-supporting characters, but just weren't on my radar. You, they're usually a lot more interesting than the main character, to be honest. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. But that was my number four. Excellent choice. All right. My number four is, uh, I think, an unusual one, but I, I like it. It is Agent Smith from The Matrix. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And the reason I picked him was... 
again, you know, it's easy to have these mindless, faceless, kind of drone-like characters in a movie like The Matrix where everything is computer-based. But Agent Smith gets the nod for two reasons. One, because Hugo Weaving is just so great in that role. Just the way he talks and, you know, the whole Mr. Anderson, you know, that whole thing that he does is so memorable. But I love the scene where he's interrogating Morpheus and he basically reveals that he is kind of a glitch in The Matrix. You know, he is tired of being around these humans and how he thinks of them as a virus and he wants to eradicate them so he can live in this perfect matrix. Whereas the rest of the other agents are all just automatons. He actually has like a consciousness. And I just think that is so cool. I don't think the movie would have been any less enjoyable if he was just like the other two agents and just kind of this, you know, amorphous bad guy. Yeah. But by adding in this extra dimension, he's just so memorable. And then having Hugo Weaving play him the way he did, uh, I think he really makes a great nemesis in that movie. So that's my number four. It's an excellent choice, yeah, because uh, Agent Smith, he's, in his own way, he's just as trapped as the humans are. Right, right, exactly. He, he re- But he's different because he realizes he is. Exactly. That's an excellent choice, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. My number three, it's uh, two people from the same film. It's Jay and Silent Bob. They were so close to making my list. They were probably like, yeah, they were right there. They were definitely in my short list. Yeah. I actually say, well, they're so good, but they, I mean, they had their own film, but they're in Clerks and Mallrats, which is what I'm going with because they're in the background, uh, but you're still the most, one of the most memorable parts of Clerks, Kevin Smith's first film. Uh, And just, just uh, selling drugs, singing, having, having adventures, and it's, I just love it. You got it. Just works so well. You got the the talk, talkative one, the silent one. They look cool. You can't keep. You know, whenever they're on screen, you can't help but look at them. Uh, and the things they do and say, just they help push the plot along, without looking like they are. And they just inform the whole story as it goes on. And Silent Bob, you know, basically sums everything up for you. Right. So it's a, a nice thing. I just I just think they work really well. Yeah, I love that bit about how Silent Bob basically just has one line per movie, and it's always a great one. You know, they're they're almost yeah. like the Greek chorus for a slacker generation. You know, exactly. I mean? Yeah, spots on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love them, and I I almost put them on my list. I just they got edged out by some other choices, but very good choice. Thank you. Well, for my number three, allow me to just give you a quote from the movie. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, excellent! Yeah. He almost made my list. Yeah, yeah. The, Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a brilliant film. It's a very well-loved movie. I think we all, you know, most people listening to the show probably love that movie, too. Uh, and great supporting characters all around in that movie. I mean, you could have picked a number of people. But Inigo Montoya, not only is Mandy Patinkin just fantastic in the role, and he does all that great swordplay, but the whole story about tracking down the six-fingered man who killed his father, you know, it, it's... It really hits you in the heart, you know, and it's it gives the movie an extra level of of you know emotion, and it's so and and it's so rewarding when he does find the guy towards the end of the film, and his journey becomes almost as important as you know uh, Wesley and Buttercup's journey. So I just I love the character, and I I really think he adds so much to the film. So Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride, that's my number three. A fantastic choice. Glad I made your list. I uh, can't can't uh, can't complain about that. He's uh, Mandy Patankin did such a good job with that. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a character for the ages. Okay, my number two is uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. And I think we forget that Captain Jack Sparrow was a supporting character, and we also forget how good he was the first time we saw him oh, in yeah. that first film. It's yeah. been watered down, unfortunately, by the sequels. But in that first film, from the very first time we see him. You just you just go on. What the hell? <laughs> right. And it's just he ends up just becoming this this character who 
again, he's the supporting character of the main story, but you just can't every time he's on screen, you just want to basically see him more and more because it's just it was so unusual, such an odd way to play it, but it works so well and just added to the whole uh, chaotic fantasticness of it all. And uh, that's my number two. I love it. It's a good choice. I, I considered him, and I'll be honest with you, when I was trying to decide whether or not to put him on the list, I kind of weighed, do I consider him more of a ca supporting character or a lead character? And I know that technically he's a supporting character, um, but for, for my personal kind of decision-making process, I decided that he was more of a lead, so yeah, I didn't yeah. include him. But I certainly could have, because I agree with you. I love his character, especially in the first film. So an excellent choice. Yeah, because you just imagine somebody else playing that character would have got, probably gone a different way, maybe a more traditional pirate kind of way. Right, and he would have been completely forgotten. Yeah, that's what it would have been. Yeah. Yep, agreed. All right, good. So my number two is Sergeant Al Powell from Die Hard. Oh, almost my, my list as well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. Played brilliantly by Reginald Vell Johnson. He is an overweight you know, beat cop who just wants to eat donuts and get home to his pregnant wife. And then he gets wrapped up in this whole thing with Bruce Willis. And, you know, you forget how little he's in the first movie for the first, you know, half to two thirds of it. It really isn't until the end. Yeah, yeah. And all he really does is talk to John McClane on the walkie talkie. But they have some really great conversations when he tells the story about why he's, you know, working a desk job and stuff. It's really heartfelt. And, you know, it gives somebody for John McClane to play off of. So he's not just sitting there wordless throughout large chunks of the film, you know, more than, than he already does in some places. Um, and I think that, you know, Reginald Vell Johnson just really brought a lot of heart to the character and, and made him likable and funny and enjoyable and kind of uh, the everyman to, to sort of pair up with Bruce Willis. And I love him. So and of course, I love Die Hard. So there you go. That's my number two. Oh, excellent choice. I'm glad he, uh, I'm glad he made that. I do like him. He does. It's, uh, he does add so much to the film. He really does. Okay, my number one then is from uh, Tombstone, and it is Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Ah, uh, good one. I didn't even think to put him on my yep. list. I'll be a Huckleberry because I just... That's right. <laughs> Doc Holliday's always been like the, the role to have if you're going to be in a film about, uh, you know, Tombstone and the Battle of the... And the shootout at the OK Corral. Yep. But Val Kilmer, everyone who's played him has done a great job, but Val Kilmer just takes the biscuit. He, he, looks, he looks ill the whole way he talks, holds himself just laughs he just doesn't care and he's just got this debonair uh, rakishness about him which is just so cool yeah and he just he, he could drop dead any minute but it's just and the bit when he's doing the whole you know gunslinging thing but he's just using his little cup uh just just so good i, I was also going to say you could maybe in this as well not 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 as good as but he, it's, he's wrapped into the whole doc holiday story in tombstone i'd also go with michael bean as johnny ringo right 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 because again he's for the he's like the supporting character for the main bad guy but he's sort of he's the cool one he's yeah. the one you're going wow and i love the whole there's a whole backstory going on with johnny ringo and doc holiday in that film which you see he's there but you, they don't give you any more information about it but you get the feeling they've had encounters over the years and I just love all that and I could have watched a film all about those two right but uh, but it's Val Kilmer Val Kilmer's the one it has cool lines in it delivers it so well and you just it's just brilliant and yes. it's Val Kilmer Doc Holliday in Tombstone great choice I, I honestly didn't think of him he probably would have made the list but we'll we'll do that one for act two I'll include him then <laughs> great choice that was my number one what's your number one alright well my number one is uh, from a number of movies, it is Loki, as played by Tom Hiddleston in oh, the excellent. Marvel Avengers movies. I didn't think of Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's... That's a brilliant choice. Uh, thank yeah. you, thank you. Likewise, you know, I mean, that's the same thing. It's just there's so many of them. How do you... I mean, you know, supporting characters, almost every film has one, so yeah, yeah. it's a lot to choose from. But, um, you know, I just... He's... 
you know, he was the villain in the first Thor movie, which I think was I he was probably kind of meant to be a one-off use character, or maybe not, because Marvel plans ahead, but you know, Tom Hiddleston just plays him so well, and he brings that charm and the panache and the humor and the menace. And then, you know, he's just so memorable. And then they just keep bringing him back for one movie after another. And, you know, he was, he was great as the kind of the big bad guy in The Avengers, all the way up through Thor Ragnarok, where he really, his character grew and, and stretched a little bit. And him and Thor yeah. had that whole brother, you know, back and forth and everything. Um, I don't think the character would be the same if Tom Hiddleston wasn't playing him. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. I love how they just keep finding ways to put Loki into Marvel movies because he's just that good and he's so well loved. Yeah. And now there's talk he might be... Uh... Tom Hiddleston might be returning to play him in a, a limited series, TV series. Right, right, which I I will watch without hesitation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, when I was just thinking of these characters, I just thought, boy, Loki is the one that really was so good in not just one film, but multiple films. He, he's almost always the best part of any Marvel film that he's in. Yeah, it's, and it's, it must be such a good character to play because you can play him good, bad, manipulative. There's just so many. You're never sure with Loki. Yeah. Well, he's the, he's the trickster god, so... He does it so well. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. So that's my number one. Oh, an excellent choice. That's, a, I think, a couple of really good lists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some really good supporting characters from some really good movies. And uh, I think we all had different characters. Again, not surprising because there's so many to choose from. Yeah, because I was, but I was going to think as well. I was gonna, wanted to include the Hong Kong Cavaliers from Buckaroo Banzai, right? But uh, I didn't. They didn't quite make the list. But there's uh, so many though. And we could probably do these. Probably do this again. And it, I think it depends on how you're feeling on the day you do the list. Yeah, probably I think we could sure. do like once a yeah. year. We could do like a, a best supporting characters list. You know what I mean? And it would yeah, probably yeah. be. And we could finally come up with five new great supporting characters every time. And probably surprise each other as well, going, "Oh God, God, yes!" <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, there you go. So that is our top five supporting characters, and that is our episode get in touch drop us a line and let us know your favorite supporting characters because as we say there's loads out there and everybody's probably got a different one so let us know i'm sure we missed some some good ones so let us know what you think and uh maybe we'll mention some of them on a future mini episode indeed all right well that is going to wrap us up for now as always we thank you greatly for listening i'm mike spring and i'm phil edwards and we'll see you next week after the ending but unfortunately we don't have any supporting characters this is just a two lead show Yes, it is. Uh, oh, but I, I, you know, Phil, I think this is a good time to introduce our, our new intern, uh, Jamie. Say hi, Jamie. Hi, everyone. That's uh, that's Jamie, our, our new intern. Oh, uh, that's a trouble. I always think Americans all sound the same, so... <laughs> So that, well, that's, we don't sound the same at all, but he's going to be helping us. So in a way, it's like he's a supporting character. Hi, Jamie. Yeah, it's funny. I've got an intern over here. Uh, it's called called himself P Yoda. <laughs> yeah. He's in a, sitting in the corner. He just seems to play. He says he's playing with his lightsaber, but I'm not sure what exactly he means with that. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> I think uh, I think I might have to let him go. <laughs> it might be a good mm, idea. Yes, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I I don't know what I think. <laughs> okay, well, now our outtakes are taken care of.